God is awesome, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but whew, this week right here has been a week. But I thank God. I thank God for this opportunity to stand before you. I am just grateful to be in the house of the Lord. You know, today is the day that he is made. I will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, as Minister Rondell said, I will give thanks in all circumstances. When circumstances jacked up, when circumstances are good, I'm still going to give thanks in all circumstances. Amen. So I want to acknowledge our pastor in his absence. Pastor Keith is resting, y'all. Y'all give it up for Pastor Keith. I'm so grateful uh, for who he is in my life. Um, he has a dual role in my life, and I say this all the time. Uh, he's one of my good male friends, and he's also my pastor. And so I'm so grateful that we have a relationship that has boundaries. I can talk to him as my friend, and then I can talk to him as my pastor. So y'all, again, we have a true jewel of vessel for this house. So Pastor Keith, Minister Serena, enjoy yourselves uh, on this weekend. We love you. Amen. Thank God for my husband and my son. I love y'all. Yes. Cody not even paying attention to me, y'all. He, he ignored me all the time. He had like I ain't even his mama. <laughs> oh, he gave me thumbs up. Okay. There you go. All right. Praise the Lord. Yes. Who of y'all only knew what went on in our household? Praise God. And then lastly, I want to acknowledge someone that is very special real quick before I go into the word of God that is dear to my heart. Uh, she is like my big sister. Um, I used to. She's like a big sister, y'all. She she's been with me since I was little. Uh, Melissa, cousin, I love you. Thank you so much for coming. <clears throat> she is uh, someone special in my life, and I thank God for reconnecting us. She used to let me drive her car when I was 13, y'all. <laughs> I ain't know what I was doing when she was at a little boyfriend house. I was like, let me get the keys, cuz. I'm driving backwards and reverse. It was a hot mess. But that's how I learned how to drive, y'all. So uh, parents never knew. I finally told them when I was like 30. But uh, yeah, so I love you. Again, thank you so much for, for coming out. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go quickly to the Word of God. I'm not going to keep y'all long today. Thank you so much for those of you that are joining online. We appreciate uh, you coming on. We don't take it lightly, especially considering the times that we're in uh, with COVID. Uh, many churches have options to worship God online. And so just like you may be in the street and you pass a lot of churches, you can scroll on Facebook and see a lot of churches online. So we thank you so much. And we don't take it lightly that you are tuned in with us on today. All right. So if you can go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. And it reads, y'all know I like the God's word version because that's how I talk. And so this is what we're going to read. I don't know if you got God's word, but I do. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8 says this. The end of a matter... 
is better than its beginning. And in all, I'm sorry, that was a different version, but this one says the end of something is better than the beginning. The end of something is better than its beginning. So as you have your seats, you can look at somebody and tell them my name of my topic. Everybody say the end. Say it one more time. Say the end. In 1998, excuse me, a 1989 film, Lean On Me. Y'all seen the movie? Morgan Freeman plays, what was his name? Joe Clark, who is appointed as principal to a troubled East Side High. In the beginning of the movie, we witness the school in utter chaos. The halls are dressed with graffiti. Fights are the theme of the day. Drug deals and abuse are second nature and disrespect is at an all time high. Not to mention the failing test scores seem beyond repair. I don't know if y'all saw the movie, but I was watching it the other day and I was watching the beginning of it. It's graffiti everywhere, all on the walls. Every time you turn around, somebody fighting, somebody pushing somebody, they bullying somebody in the bathroom. And then I thought this was the most ridiculous thing that I saw. I saw two boys had a toilet and they threw it out the window. Why are you throwing a toilet out of the window? So this was a, a school that was in chaos, a school that was in complete, a complete disarray and dysfunction. So the first day that Joe Clark reports to work, we observe him walking through the hallways. You see the graffiti all on the wall and he's just looking like, what in the world did I get myself into? He had a look of dread, discouragement, and disappointment. As an administrator, he only has one year to turn this school completely around. Y'all think it took a year for that school to get like that? No, it didn't, but he only had one year to turn it around. He's faced with a difficult situation, one that most would consider stressful and draining. A situation that would cause anyone to want to give up and simply walk away. However, he has an assignment and he embraces all of the obstacles that come along with it. So I don't know, again, if you've seen the movie, he's confronted by parents. They call the town meeting. They going off on him. They are, he's threatened by the authorities, and then he was locked up. When I saw the movie, I just thought about, oh, I can't forget Friday's name, but I've been locked up. They won't let me out. Yes, that was like, man, they done locked up Joe Clark. And so after he gets locked up, you know, he's like, you know, they used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they can call me Batman because he, he had a bat in his hand, and he was not playing any games with this school system. But even with all of this happening, Clark still had the ability to change the school's climate. Eastside High was given a facelift. It looked like it was on one of those renovation shows. The school's morale was high. Students were motivated to learn and staff was given hope. And finally, they were able to pass the state of, of proficiency exam. And so it just shows the amount of uh, the, the tenacity that he had to continue to uh, keep this school going, even with all of that stuff going on with him. So regardless of what his condition, the, regardless of what condition the school was in, 
at the beginning of the movie, it turned out to be better in the end. I'm going to say that one more time. Regardless of what condition the school was in in the beginning, in the end, it turned out better. So let me give you a quick backdrop of the book of Ecclesiastes. So this is one of the books that is considered a book of wisdom. Evidence shows that it was written by King Solomon. And we find that in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. King Solomon was the child of David and Bathsheba. So y'all already know he was born into dysfunction. If you don't know the story, I'm going to tell you real quick. David saw this lady. He was like, oh, man, who she is? She's out there bathing. So he was lusting after her, told everybody, hey, y'all bring her to me. So he slept with her. She was married. And her husband's name was Uriah. He used to fight in battle. So he was like, hey, he set it up where he would get killed in battle. So, and then later on, they get together, and then here comes Solomon. Somebody say dysfunction. He was considered a man of wealth, wisdom, and he loved the ladies. He loved them. He loved them. He loved them. Solomon had a past, y'all. He used to wild out. And so he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. If y'all know what a concubine is, it's a side chick. He had 700 wives and 300 side chicks. I know it's a task for my husband to keep up with me. So how in the world you gonna keep up with 700 wives and 300 side chicks? I said, boy, he, boy, you, you, the, you the goat. Solomon, you the real goat. But towards the end of his life, he recognizes his sin and he repents. He explains that being materialistic is meaningless. He calls it all vanity. He had, in modern day, he had the houses and the cars. He had money. He had bags of money. He had bands. He had stacks. He had the video chicks. He had everything. But he realized that all of this was meaningless and the only true joy could truly come from God. So Ecclesiastes was written through his life experience to help benefit others. So he just wanted to be like, you know how your parents were like, oh, don't do this because I did that and it didn't work out right. Well, this is Solomon's way of saying, hey, I, I lived that life. It ain't that great. And you're going to realize one day that it's just not all worth it. So on this morning, I have one factor that's necessary for a better ending. One factor, y'all. I got one point. Everybody say one. one. It's a good point, but I got one. Everybody say courage. According to dictionary.com, courage is defined as the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person through difficulty, danger, and pain. So think about your situation. Take a minute, moment. Does it seem overwhelming? Are you reminded of pain daily? Maybe it's easier to become numb so that you can protect your feelings. Are you wrecking your brain trying to figure out, Pastor Cole did not see my sermon, the why? Or is it easier to throw up the deuces, come up ghosts, and as Minister Serena said, keep driving? 
Y'all, I had a week that I wanted to keep driving. I ain't gonna sit up here and lie to you. I ain't gonna act like I had a week that I wanted to keep driving. Y'all was gonna be like, wasn't Minister Chantel supposed to preach today? I think she in Canada somewhere. Cause I was like, Lord, I'm about to get in this car. It's a it's electric and gas. It got good gas mileage. I'm out. But thank God that as Minister Rondell said, he's a strong tower. So I'm so thankful for who he is in my life. So not only are the issues of life complex, but it will literally try to hijack your faith to the point that you'll question God if he's even concerned about the various circumstances, the challenges, or the conditions that you're facing. In these moments, we quickly forget what God's word says in Isaiah 41 and 10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So I get it. Life literally can have some of us hanging on by a thread. I had a friend of mine that I used to work with. And uh, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm just at the end of my rope. He said, well, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. You are exhausted, simply running on fumes. Some days it's a struggle just to get out of bed and even get your thoughts together. Not to mention the energy it takes to manage your household and stay focused at work. It just be so much going on. Then on top of all of that, the struggle it is just to make it to the house of the Lord. Your struggle isn't that you don't love God, because you do. In fact, you love him and you clearly understand who's it, who he is in your life. The real struggle is trying to keep it together. Because you don't want people coming up to you asking, hey, are you okay? How you doing? Why you looking like that? Because there's a possibility that you might fall completely apart. So we had these masks on, right? So it's easier to kind of hide our full face expressions. And so, you know, some of us can kind of get away with it. But the eyes... The eyes tell it all. And so I'm going to tell you a scripture that helps back this up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 24. It says it like this. The eye is like a lamp that provides light to the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. I don't know about y'all, but I got some people in my life I can have a mask on, I can have old sunglasses, but if they see my eyes, they can say, hey, Shan, what's up? What's, what's going on? Because I could look at some of your eyes and I could tell there's a whole lot going on and you ain't even got to say a mumbling word. And then it also says, if the, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is your darkness? So again, I know some of you that are coming to church, I know it's a struggle, but guess what? You're here. You are doing it. And I, there's a movie that I love, The Color Purple. Y'all seen The Color Purple? All right, y'all know Sealy, right? 
Okay, so there was one part, Mr. just mistreated her and she finally was getting away. And he was like, oh, you black, you're poor, you're nothing, you're nothing at all. He going off on her, just, just discrediting her who she was as a person. And so Celie looked at him square in the eyes. Yes, she got them eyes. Yeah, you got, you got the fingers. She had the fingers back there. She said, I may be black, I may be poor, I even may be ugly, but thank God I'm still here. And so that's the approach that we have to take. When you come to church, I don't care if you are holding on by a thread, you got to stand up and say, thank God I am still here. I may be broken. I may be hurt. I may be crying. I may be facing a divorce, but thank God I am still here. Some of y'all live far away on the other side of town but you're here. Some of y'all have a whole family. I ain't gonna call out Miss Chardonnette, but I, I admire Miss Chardonnette. Miss Chardonnette, I call it a woman with the many children that lived in the shoe because she has a whole family, but she comes and her kids look nice. They dressed, but she comes. She makes it to the house of the Lord. There's other of you, y'all might work overnight. You literally maybe take a one, two hour nap in your car and then grab you something to eat real quick and then you come. And then there's others of you that ride your bike to church, sweating in that hot sun. It's hot, it may be raining, but you still here. And you make it into the house of the Lord. And I'm only saying this because that's just the preparation part. We haven't even touched on your problems. So I'm trying to prepare to come to church, but y'all don't know what kind of week I had on top of trying to get myself together, put my clothes on, look like somebody so I can make it into the house of the Lord. So regardless of death, Rondell, Miss Rhonda, disappointments, Diagnosis, Mother Ash, difficulties, y'all keep showing up. Even in the midst of all of it, y'all still here. The fact that you continue to press your way speaks volumes. You may not even realize it, but you're demonstrating strength and courage. Miss Rhonda, I know it's a press to be here, but you showing strength and courage. Yes, you're tired. Yes, you got attitude. Attitude jacked up. Yes, you don't feel like being bothered. You don't feel like talking to the saints. I get it. But you're still in the house of the Lord. But at the end of the day, when I see you here, when I see y'all showing up, when I show up for life, all I know is that we're trying to walk out Psalm 31 and, 31 and 24, and it says it like this. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait on the Lord. I'm going to say that one more time. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All of you who wait on the Lord. So 
I don't know what any of you are up against. I don't know how long you've been going through. I can't even sit up here and act like I know how you feel because I don't. I only know my own situation. And if you tell me yours, I can only feel it to a certain degree. Only you know the entirety of your situation just like I know the entirety of my situation. But what I do know is this. Isaiah 40 and 29 is true. It says that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I don't know about y'all, but that's good news to me. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I know you may feel like you don't have nothing left. There, trust me. There's days I tell my husband, I'm like, I ain't got nothing today. Cody always say, mommy, I got nothing. And that's why I tell Britt, Britt, I got nothing. But it takes courage. And it takes God to get you to a place where you can keep showing up. It takes courage not to look like what you're going through. It takes courage to believe God for your healing, even when the doctors are saying something else. It takes courage to trust your spouse again after they've hurt you. It takes courage to worship God when you feel like you're about to lose your mind. It takes courage to stand tall when you've been humiliated. It takes courage to walk away from sin. It takes courage to come to another church when you've been hurt by another church. It takes courage to come to church where all of your business has been put on blast. It takes courage to walk away from a situation that's dysfunctional. It takes courage, y'all. It really does. And so, with all of that, the end of something is better than the beginning. The end of something is better than the beginning. I'm about to close, y'all. I told y'all I had one point. It's a powerful point, but it's one. The end of something is better than the beginning. The end of your marriage is better than how it started out. The end, Minister LaShawn, of the school year is better than how it's starting out right now. Rondell, the end of grief is better than it started out. And so I just wanted to just encourage you all today that the end of something, I don't know what y'all going through, but God is able. He's able to do things exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. So in closing, Joe Clark demonstrates great courage just by showing up. He shows up every single day to Eastside High. In the beginning of the school, as I said before, the school was populated with hoodlums. The cafeteria, there was one point in the movie, he said, and take those cages out of the cafeteria. They look like a prison. Because it did. But that's how they treated them because that's how it looked. Violence plagued the school. He was disrespected, because like I told you, he was disrespected, he was threatened, and he was put in jail. 
However, in the end, Eastside High had a total makeover. The atmosphere was welcoming. Students gained an entrance and, and confidence um, with their studies. Drug addic addicts became sober. If y'all remember the movie, Sam's in the movie, he was addicted to drugs. A little, little big, little, as my, my granddaddy would say, stout, little stout boy. But he talked to him and he said, you're killing yourself. You got to get off these drugs. And he did. And graduation was celebrated. Yeah, yeah. On today, just like Joe Clark, we share the same courage. Despite what things look like right now, I want to encourage all of you to keep showing up, don't quit. How it ended will be better than how it started. That is the word of the Lord, y'all. On today, I just want to pray with you all because I know all of us going through something, right? We have seasons, you know, you headed towards a storm, you're in a storm, and then you probably coming out for a little bit because I promise you another storm is coming. Y'all seen these hurricanes. We had one, had a little break, and now we have another one that's out there. But be encouraged. You know, COVID, you know, that seems to be the topic of the day, but there's other things going on in this world outside of COVID. There's shootings, craziness going on with the Taliban. It's so much going on, even in your personal life. You may not feel like you're worthy. You may be trying to figure out your purpose in life. You may have a family full of dysfunction and you're trying to figure out how can I get them to be in unity you may feel like God I feel like you forsake me I don't care what the storm what your situation what your condition what your dysfunction what your difficulty looks like in the beginning the end is what's better y'all Again, Eastside High is a clear example that you can go through life and it's going to be tough. I mean, the Bible tells us that. Like, I don't know why we trip sometimes because it's like, hey, you're going to face these tests and trials and then when a trial comes, you're like, oh my God, I didn't know this was going to happen. Yes, you did. God told us. Well, if you read your word, he, he told you. But he tells us. And then he tells us to count it all joy. Now, do I count it all joy? Would I be going? No. I'd be mad at God. I'd be hot. But I thank God for who he is. And I'm reminded in the scriptures. Pastor Cole talked about last week about the assembly of the saints. We got to come together so we can encourage each other. That will show true accountability. I know life is hard. But I thank God that you guys are here. You're online. You're showing up to, to work. You're showing up for your family when you don't feel like it. You're being present for your kids when you literally probably 
you and your husband discussing a divorce. You're showing up. And that speaks volumes. When you have an illness, a condition, a a diagnosis, you keep showing up to life. Because guess what? If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. You could take a bottle of pills. You can run off the interstate. You can kill yourself. But you don't. You keep showing up. And so I'm so grateful for who God is. In my life, I'm grateful for who he is in your life. And I just wanted to give you all an encouraging word to just keep showing up. That takes courage. You may not think you got the courage, but you do. It's in you. Everything that you need is on the inside of you. Everything that you need. Who you are. Who you can become. It's God has already implanted it inside of you. But you got to grab hold of that. And so even if you don't even know how to figure it out, you know how what you do? You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Take that step. I don't care if you got to come to church, what as my husband call it, duck butter in your eye, hair sticking all on top of your head. I don't care. Just come. I don't care if you don't feel like speaking at work. Just show up. I don't care if you don't feel like dealing with your family. Just keep showing up. Because the end of a matter is better than the beginning. So I wanted to ask, and we can social distance, but if there's anyone that needs prayer, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. That you need prayer because you're like, God, this beginning rough. It's a little tough. I don't even know how I got here. But I have faith in God that he'll see me to the end. That the end of a matter is better than the beginning. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear gracious Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to just be able to breathe the breath of life. God, we know that this is a day that you have made and will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I don't know what's going on with the individuals at this altar those that are sitting and didn't want to come to the altar but you do God you created them in your likeness and in your image you know the very numbers of hairs on their head they are the apple of your eye you created them in your likeness in your image and so on today God my prayer is that they'll cast all of their cares upon you because you're the one that cares for them. I pray, Lord, that they're not anxious or worried about anything. I pray, God, that you bring them to an expected end. But God, even these moments that they're being stretched, that it's a challenge for them, I ask, God, that you'll mature them in this walk. 
I pray for their faith. I pray that they have faith as small as a mustard seed. I pray, God, that they can tell any mountain to be removed. I pray, oh God, that they are able to say when Satan tries to rise up against them, get thee behind me, Satan. God, give them the courage to get through life. Give them the courage to stand tall when they feel like they're about to crumble. Give them the courage to cry out to you, God, when their heart is hurting. God, give them the courage, God, to smile even in their sadness. Because we know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. We know that you are the one that can turn mourning into dancing. And we know, God, that the end of a matter is better than the beginning. So God, cover them. Prepare them for this week because everything that they need is on the inside. And I hope, God, that you will lead them in the path that they should go, God, as they commit their plans to you. God, we honor you. We thank you. We adore you. And we ask all of these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.